Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the High Button Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Belanger. Today's episode is brought to you by ProLineStadium.com, Atlantic Canada's home field for great sports betting. Play stadium bets for the best odds, featuring spread lines of 1.95 per side. ProLine players also score access to great regular season promotions. Right now, every $25 wager on hockey will earn you a $10 free play token to use on basketball. This offer is valid on ProLine and stadium bet wagers until March 13th. Play tokens must be used by March 31st. Get in the game today at ProLineStadium.com or download the ALC app today. Must be 19 years of age or over. Please play responsibly. Today's episode is also brought to you by Generous United. Generous United is a membership-based buying group headquartered right here in Atlantic Canada. Their goal is to make sure prescription drugs are more affordable so we can all live healthier lives during this pandemic. One thing I love about Generous United is that they are helping out small businesses that can't afford health care. It doesn't matter if you're getting a massage, dental, acupuncture. If you can save uh, if you can save money on one aspect of health care, you're going to be able to afford other aspects of health care. So head on over to generousunited.ca that's g-e-n-r-u-s united.ca boom welcome back wednesday we we'll love a little midday hump day podcast it's great uh we got hunter quigley on the podcast today nft and cryptocurrency specialist coming all the way from bedford nova scotia we've all heard the hype about nfts cryptocurrency things that are going on and this gentleman that we're talking to today is a specialist in it has a couple NFTs to himself, and there's a little bit of buzz about it. That's all I'm going to say. And to be quite honest with you, I'm not the most educated in this topic. That's why I'm happy that Hunter's coming on the podcast so he could teach me a thing or two. Hopefully, he can teach you uh, a thing or two to you as well. I think it's going to be a great episode. All right, I'm Justin. We're talking to Hunter. This is the High Button Podcast. Here we go. You know what comes next. Boom, Hunter Quigley. How are you, buddy? Not too bad. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for. You got to be a little bit closer to the mic. There we go. Is that good? There is he good there? Let's go there. Test, test, test. Oh yeah, he's good there. Um, thank yeah. Like, thanks for coming. We're in the, the where we got the same sweater on. We got the same pants on, so we got a good energy already <laughs> yeah, in the course. in the podcast studio this yeah. morning. We're on the same wavelength. I like it. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, man, no worries. I appreciate you coming in. Um, this new world of uh, NFTs, cryptocurrency, it's making a lot of people a lot of money, but then there's other people like me who are being left in the dust because they're a little <laughs> confused. So when we do have this conversation, I need you to keep in mind that uh, I was in math foundation, not the best, yeah. not, not, not the best, not the best when it comes to uh, whatever the hell an NFT is. I have a little bit of an idea, um, but I hear you're, you're heavy in the space and you're, you're having a little bit of success, maybe a lot of success. And I was hoping it would be great for you to come over and educate some of our listeners. So I'm happy to have you here. And, uh, and I was hoping you could just tell me essentially a little bit how you got involved with uh, NFTs, cryptocurrency and all that. Yeah, absolutely. So my, my crypto world started back in 2016. I no was, way. yeah, I was about 17 years old then. And, um, I was I downloaded Coinbase for the first time, which is the one of the main and best crypto platform trading platforms. Okay. And at the time, closer. You can like move it. There we go. At the yeah. time, um, RBC, the bank that I 
bank with allowed these crypto purchases through the app. And unfortunately, now they don't. So it's a little bit harder for me and other Canadians to acquire crypto because yeah. most banks now have almost completely blocked all crypto purchases. They just, they're not there yet. So, um, yeah, so started back in 2016. I bought a little bit of Bitcoin. It was like 20 bucks worth. It like literally was nothing. I think at the time, it was either 2016 or 2018, I can't remember. And at the time, the price was like 14000 And I, I don't even know what the going rate is right now. Is it like 60? Yeah. I think it's like 60000 for Bitcoin right now or something One like Bitcoin, that. One Bitcoin, 60000 Something like that. Canadian. I know there'll be some American listeners later on today. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. So 14,000 Canadian back then, 40,000 American now. So I think, and then I, I I ended up, it was just 20 bucks. I was like, you know what? I'm going to throw this into uh, Rubet. Went on Rubet, spun a couple spins, and I was I was done. There goes my crypto. And then that would have been worth, I think, like 80 bucks now or something like that. So it wasn't a huge loss, but that's basically where I got started. And then I kind of went quiet for a bit, and I tried to buy more, but then RBC... And I'll, I'll literally every other bank, I tried to call around to different credit card companies, and every one of them told me that they block crypto purchases. So I was like, all right, I guess I'm just staying out of it for a little bit. And then um, Wealth Simple came along, and obviously just an investment platform. It's not doesn't necessarily work like a crypto wallet. Crypto wallets where you can send back and forth on the the using the blockchain, and um, so pretty much all of us guys got into it little by little, little by little. I was doing a little bit more because I'm just an overall risky guy. I just, I was just <laughs> I like that. tossing money in there. The second I got paid, I was buying Ethereum, buying Ethereum, buying Ethereum. And um, eventually I was getting up there. Getting up there. This started back in um, about March of last year where I, where I started to get super heavy okay. in it, into okay. it. Where I was just tossing money, tossing money, tossing money. I didn't have a dime to my name, but it was all in Ethereum. Really? Yeah. And that's I was I was fine with it. I was like, I know this is the way everything is going to be moving, and this was around. It was about twenty seven hundred bucks Canadian back in March or May ish, around those few months, and then out of nowhere, within the next couple months, and then just before Christmas ish, around like October ish, where I hit six thousand. That's where all of us guys were like, holy, like look at us now. And then we were doing, we were doing pretty well and everything was looking good. I was slowly trading NFTs. I got into NFTs around like August. Really? So I, I bought my first one in August. Is that it, considered early? Uh, no, somewhat. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. On the earlier side, I know a lot of like the main influencers and big guys in the NFT space. We only traded, only started getting into it within the last six to 10 months, uh, even though they've been around for years, but really? they were super, super low key. Like if you look at the crypto punks, I know it's cliche to talk about, but they've been out for over three years now, but have only within the past year had their big success and went absolutely ballistic. Um, same with Board Ape Yacht Club. They weren't around nine months ago and now they're, they're selling for what you could get this entire house for. It's unbelievable. Like six of these houses. Yeah. Like it's, <laughs> It's unreal where it's where it's come from and where it's going and but yeah that's basically my start started trading crypto back in about March and then got into NFTs about August yeah. and immediately started getting deep into it in August wasn't spending a ton of money but I was learning and I was watching videos and 
I was getting heavy into Twitter on it, uh, the NFT side of Twitter. I was following every single person with .eth in their name and everyone with hashtag NFT in their profile. I was just following everyone I needed to, and that basically set me up for where I got to be was just following all the big people in the space mm -hmm. and just like watching what they do, watching their wallets, how they spend their money, what they were spending their money on, everything like that. It's interesting how the people who you see that are successful in this space are the ones that are taking time out of their day to actually do research. I know myself, a couple other buddies, you know, you come home, have a couple of beer and it's like, I'm going to buy an NFT, see what happens. But then yeah. you have guys like yourself who are actually taking time out of their day to research and actually know what they're putting their money towards. And then that's the individual who ends up being successful. That's what at least I'm learning from this space is the people that are willing to put time in and learn because it can be frustrating. There's a lot of words in For these sure. articles, even in Twitter that you're like, what does that mean? Blockchain? And what is it? But the people that are able to get past that and look yeah. uh look towards the future it seems like like i said those are the people that are successful so did that come naturally to you or was it frustrating at the beginning doing this research and not understanding maybe certain things i was fine not understanding things for a while okay and i knew i didn't have to be an expert to be able to get started yeah. so every time something i didn't know came up i would just spend an hour or go on youtube watch a video because it was always something out there because it was such a happening topic mm. that everything you looked up, excuse me, was out there in a video, in an article, wherever. So, and I, I liked it. And this was like, I really, really like this stuff. Like I'm super passionate about it. I'm like, we'll play, we'll play video games uh, for a couple of, I'll, I'll work throughout the day. We'll play video games at night. And then I'm up till three, four in the morning, just scrolling, whether that's, going through discord see what people are saying in other projects working in my own discord talking to my people or i'm just scrolling on open seat seeing what the hell's going on or i'm on twitter or what doing whatever and then i'm up first thing in the morning again so i'm like the full-time nft life is terrible for sleep and everyone everyone that watches this that knows nfts will be able to agree that it's all you want to do like it's almost like an addiction you just you start scrolling on OpenSea and you're like oh my god it's been three hours it's kind of like tiktok yeah it's like open sea is like the tiktok version of nfts and i'm just sitting there scrolling for hours on end not buying anything just looking i'm just looking i'm yeah. seeing how things are moving you know and checking what i hold and how they're doing and if i should be concerned if i should just leave it and well, that that was my issue with it. I bought uh, I bought a Gen Bit Bunny, a Gen Bit Bunny. I bought it for point oh oh one four ether. So it was like, it was like two hundred bucks American. And uh, the pandemic kind of well, the the shutdown came here with Nova Scotia, and we weren't making any money as a company. So I needed to get all my money back. So I mm. took it out. Um, but that was one thing I had trouble with was understanding the growth of it because I couldn't I I couldn't find the growth. I couldn't find if I lost money. But by the time I took my money out. OpenSea took a chunk, PayPal, because I had to transfer it from OpenSea to my MetaMask account, mm -hmm. MetaMask account to PayPal, PayPal to where I bank. So it's going through four different yeah. financial institutions, I guess you could say. And by the time I got my money back, I lost some coin. Yeah. So that was my frustrating aspect of it and not knowing whether or not I made any money on the actual NFT. I guess that's the, the question I got to ask now is about the the... When do you see the world being able to just use, I guess you can now, you can buy things with Bitcoin, you can buy things with Ether, you can do everything with it right now, but when do you think it'll be completely normalized? It's not 
it's 50-50 taking a bad route right now, 50-50 taking a good. Because mm. there's countries that have already recognized Bitcoin and Ethereum as legal tenders in their country. It's awesome. Um, like El Salvador. You can use Bitcoin there in your everyday purchases. To buy a car. Anything. And the president absolutely loves it. He is the funniest man on Twitter. <laughs> and you would you would never think he's the president. You would think he's just some just some crypto guy that just talks and talks and talks on Twitter. And he's the president of El Salvador. It's the funniest thing ever. Sounds like Trump. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but people people like this guy. And um yeah, and um was it Russia just passed Russia just passed something to basically allow crypto, period, because I didn't think they, uh, I, I think they completely had that shut down on their side. And now, so they're they're good to go with it now. Yeah. And now Biden is considering it a, ma- uh, a threat to national security. So you've got people like Putin, who typically is yeah. hard on everything, is allowing people to do this. And then you have Biden, who's trying to shut it all down. It's interesting. God knows why. God knows when it's going to happen, but it's been talked about. Sounds like weed. Yeah. Like the legalization of weed in some countries and not others. Yeah. It's very odd. People have their reasons against it. People have their reasons for it, I guess. I feel like the reason Biden might be doing it is because he has no control over it. He has no Bitcoin in himself. (laughs) He doesn't own it himself. Yeah, he messed out. Um yeah, like they have they have no control over it. Nobody owns Bitcoin, nobody runs Bitcoin, nobody has any sort of authoritative power over Bitcoin. There's no Bitcoin head office, exactly. no reception area to get a coffee and talk to the CEO of Bitcoin. There's no government, there's no central bank that runs it. And I think that's why he might be feel threatened is because he can't do anything about it regardless of what's happening. He can limit his people to what they do with it. But he cannot do anything to the actual currency itself. He doesn't know who to fight. Exactly. Interesting. Because there is no one. Yeah. So it's the people. Yeah. It's the people's currency. Yeah. Um. Uh, NFTs. True Kiki. True Tiki. True Tiki. That's your creation. It is. Congratulations. Thank you. Um. How'd you get involved in True Kiki, and what made you True Tiki? True Tiki. What made you want to do it? Uh. So. It basically started right back in August. As soon as I traded my first, my first ever NFT was called a Goons of Balatroon. It was a really cool bull. There was like a bull collection and a bear collection. I was like, oh, this is really cool. Like, yeah. and I see that the the guys they had a hell of a community backing them, and it was just a great vibe hanging out in their Discord, seeing them on Twitter, seeing everyone engage with them. And I was like, you know, I, I want something like this. And so we so did, uh, started slowly working on it in August and just... What, what do you mean working on it? Like, do you mean creating it, building an audience on Twitter, building an audience on Discord? Like, what do you mean working on it? So getting the... What, what our plans would be. So basically working on it for us was what do we want to do to provide value to people and why would people buy this? And that's basically what we worked on for literally months was coming up with things that would provide value to somebody and that would allow the the collection to succeed. And we worked on that for months and months and months. We had some delays with um, some developers getting caught up in other projects, so that put us behind a couple months. And um, Do you outsource the developers from other parts of the world, or are they from Nova Scotia? 
my whole team is from outside of Canada. Oh wow! Period. Yeah. Wow. So my um my co-founder Abe is from Minnesota. Shout out Abe. Yep. And um, my developer is from California. My artist is from the UK. I have wow. an advi- uh, my marketing team is from the US, and I have an advisory board that's from the UK as well. You talk about 2022 and like, whoa, when's the future coming? We're in the future, baby. Look at you. You're running yeah. a company with people from all around the world. You don't even need anyone in your backyard. You, you, you're working with people from everywhere. Yep. If you're staying up till three in the morning, I'm sure they're up too. You know, oh, the yeah. time zones. It's yeah. good to go. <laughs> that, that that's unbelievable. Is that a common trait between a lot of other NFT creators that are uh, all around the world, rather than because I guess you know it, it's a, it's still a, a weird thing in NFT yeah. and a lot of people. So I guess you have to outsource the people around the world that find it a normal thing in order to work on it and understand. Pretty it. much. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of guys in the state. Most of the influencers and excuse me big names in the space are all from the states for the for the most part and when they create projects it it's a lot more likely for them to all be from the relative same area but when i tell people i'm from canada it they they act they don't even know i swear to god they don't even know it exists no it's like everyone's very how far is that from america yeah, yeah pretty much yeah and um yeah so I had basically no issue. I've known Abe for probably two years now. We were we've been knowing each other through esports and um, stuff like that. He works for a media company, uh, like an esports media company. Okay. I work for an esports organization on the side. Oh no way! And so we basically just knew each other through that. I met my artist through esports as well. He's an esports illustrator, and so. He did, you know, G Fuel. Yeah. He did, they had a um, a design contest like a year and a half, almost two years ago. Mm. And he actually did a label of a Tiki. Like it was a Tiki, it was a Tiki related label for G Fuel. And I was like, oh my God, this is perfect. I wanted to do Tiki's. He's done Tiki art. Perfect. Let's, let's get it together. And so I just... DM'd him. He was all ready to go. He had never done anything related to generative art or yeah. NFTs, anything like that. And then, can you pull it up? Can I see it? Do you have it on your laptop? Um, how how many um, how many uh, designs did you have to go through, or did your artist have to go through until you were like, that's the one? Or do you have multiple? Um, the original form, um, the actual shape of our tiki's was about. Oh. Yeah, those are some sneak peeks that we dropped in the uh, in the Discord there. Wow. Yeah. So um, you own all these. These are what we will be available wow. for people to get. Yes, that second, that one there. This one here. Yeah, that one is will be the rarest. <laughs> so they all have different rarities, as you might know, and they all have a bunch of different um, traits and uh, and things like that. So the actual shape took probably two and a half weeks for us to be like, yeah, let's go with that one. And me, his first, his first sketch, I was like, this is going to be awesome. Like we're already on the right path. Just keep tweaking it and, um, and we'll be fine. And so he finally got the right shape down and then he spent, I want to say two months, probably two months doing everything. And that's every, every trait that there will be, I think there's over 140 traits that can be put into 
when those are generated, so basically when generative art is you have a bunch of assets and then we run a code and it layers the assets and makes a unique one. So with the 140 assets, we could make a trillion different. I was going to say. We make yeah. a trillion different ones. And so, um, yeah, there's about a, 140 traits. And um, so there's like, there's headwear, there's different eye colors, there's glasses, there's shirts, there's there's weapons, there's surfboards, there's literally yeah. almost anything you could think of anyhow, somehow in relation to Hawaii or Hawaiian culture. We tried to keep it as close to real life as possible because we could have thrown just about anything on those things and and called it a trait, but we wanted to keep it to the project and keep it basically related. I like that. Yeah. Um, I was talking to Jeff about this yesterday, and when you're talking about an NFT and being able to influence it, a lot of people are paying uh, celebrities down in the States and across the world to promote NFTs. And if you don't have a budget for that to pay for influencers down in the States, how how do you grow an NFT through, I guess, just traditional growth rather than paying a celebrity to help promote it? Well, that's great to ask because it's actually exactly what we're doing. Okay. We basically not only been told by other people but we just knew ourselves that paying influencers and paying promoters is just simply not the way they bring followers yeah that's great they don't bring buyers they don't bring people that'll be a part of your community they just bring followers that it's a number it they looks, looks cool it looks cool yeah. they don't mean anything so whatever what do, you, what do you think the connect is to find a buyer so what we i mean it's hard to say because like it's hard to speak on my own project right now because we had just unexpected growth in the first day <clears throat> without even really doing anything. We we started early February, probably like the first week of February, we started like tweeting on the account and we were dropping sneak peeks, we were doing some previews, we were being a little cryptic with our messages, trying to draw people in, getting them to question basically what the hell's going on. And um, we got our friends with some followers to, you know, reply and let their audience see it and get some extra likes on there, get a couple followers just to get started. Um, and then we released the Discord at, no, I would say 950 Twitter followers. That's good. We o- we opened the Discord, and <clears throat> there was about 99 people in the Discord, and so a little more came, a little more came, a little more came. We had about 50 within the first half hour. We were like, okay, that's not too bad. Get, yeah, that's good, yeah. Getting some people in there, that's not too bad. And then, bam, out of nowhere, there's like 1,500 people in there, and I couldn't even read the chat. I'm not even kidding. I like literally my hands were like this. Wow. I had no idea what was going on. I didn't know where these people came from. The Twitter was still just not not dead, but like it wasn't it wasn't going anywhere. Our 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 announcement on Twitter that the Discord was open barely had any more likes than usual. We were like, what the hell is going on? And I'm not even kidding when I said I couldn't read the chat because it was going so fast. And people were talking so quickly that I literally could not read a single message. And before all this happened, I was welcoming everyone, uh, seeing how everyone was doing, asking where they're from, talking to everyone, getting to know everybody. And then, bam, just out of nowhere, it was just chaos. (laughs) But it was good chaos. And uh, it turns out that some influencers in the space, um, one being Ash, who I will shout out because 
he he makes the funniest skits on Twitter. Uh, he makes like NFT skits and okay. basically like making fun of the idiot, the NFT idiots, which I love. <laughs> it is so funny. Half of his videos go viral on Twitter and they're just the funniest thing ever. And he basically, I don't even know how it got to his attention because he doesn't follow us on Twitter. Yeah. He wasn't already in the Discord. He doesn't follow me on Twitter. And I was like, how did he find out about this? But either way, he sent it out to his community. How many followers does he have? Uh, 30,000 on Twitter, I think. And so he put, uh, he or someone high up in his community put our invite link in his Discord and said, hey, everyone, go check this out. And so everyone just flooded in. And um, we had to change stuff up. So in Discord, there's roles um, that'll appear by your name. It changes your name color. It basically tells people who you are. And it's almost like a rank in the Discord. Okay. And... um, so we had something, it was first 250 people to join got Kahuna Roll, which is kind of like the OG, you're the first ones in there, you're like the highest level of- Cream of the crop. Exactly. Yeah. You're the highest level of a member in there uh, because you were one, you were some of the first. And it was supposed to be only first 250, but I couldn't even stop the bot in time because a thousand flooded in out of nowhere and I was just like- we were, we were sitting at, um, what were we sitting at? We were sitting at about 700, and the people were just flying in. I was like, okay, I'll cut off the, the OG roll at 11 p.m. Eastern tonight at a max of 1,000. And I blinked, and we were at 1,200. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, like, trying to stop the bot from giving out these rolls. And then um, I basically just, like, marked the 1,000th the person that joined and just went back and individually gave all the rolls and I was like, there's got to be a better way to do this. And so I was like, all right, if you're in here now, you get the roll. And I ran a bot, and it just gave them all the roll, and everyone was all happy. And Ash actually reached out to me and thanked me for giving his community the opportunity to get this this special roll. And I said, thank you. Like, you did this. And so it just continued to spread the word. And, um, like, we finished the day at about 1,500 followers, woke up. Uh, yesterday morning at 2200, I banned just over 200 bots or inactive accounts because we want we want the real number. I could leave those bots in there and make it seem like we have more people in the Discord, but that doesn't help us. I want accurate accurate numbers for excuse me active um, active members, and by leaving those bots in there, it basically just inflates the amount of members that are actually in there. So every morning I've, I've told, I've told all the followers, the whole community that every morning I'll be going in there and banning everyone that has not verified their account within 24 hours. Typically an unverified account is a bot. Mm. And the reason people bring bots into a discord is to either promote a different discord or succeed at contests. And a contest we have going on right now is an invite contest. So when people invite, when you invite people to our Discord, you get a point. Every time they join, you get a point. And there's massive prize money. There's thirty grand on the line. <laughs> thirty winners, first place gets six grand US. And um, Jesus. Yeah. So people are. We're basically a lot of people were kind of iffy about that idea that they would bring a lot of bots, inactive members, join for join, all this stuff. And but the real reason we did it was. We wanted to basically reward the people of our community that are helping build it. And 
That's how you get more followers. That's how you get exactly. more people involved in the community. You bring more people in. They see it too. They bring more people in. And it's just a snowball effect from there. Mm. And the ones who want to see this project succeed will be rewarded. Mm. And that's basically the whole idea behind it. And that's basically what we're taking as a marketing method as opposed to paying promoters. Mm. Get a few people in the Discord, start the contest, let them spread the word while we work. So as we're working on the project in the background, we're getting everything ready to go. Um, we have the people that want the project to succeed in the community spreading the word. And So that's why people that I follow on Twitter are like, everybody go follow so-and-so NFT. Cause, so that's what they're doing. They're promoting what they've invested in already. Yep. Okay, okay, I get that. Now. Okay. So no one in our community has invested yet, obviously, because we haven't launched yet. When are you launching? Um... We don't have a date yet, but I'd like these. I'd like to say within three weeks, so like end of April, mid-April, around there, May, so, beginning of May. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we're we'll be around in there. Um, the original plan was for next week, mm-hmm. but um, we had a two-week delay, and it was the past two weeks. So we were supposed to really start this whole process. Yeah. Two weeks ago. So we ran into a couple delays, but not a big issue. It worked out for the best. I doubt that the Discord would have done as well if we did this two weeks ago, just with everyone seeing who we are and the community's talking about us. So um, and basically another way to get the project out there and have more people see it, you want people to talk about it, and when people talk about it, it's because they're proud of it. And to make people proud of it is an active founder. I know Jeff has seen me in the past two days. I've spent close to like 28 hours combined sitting, typing in our Discord. How many hours of sleep are you running on right now? Like three or four. Oh, my God. You drink <laughs> coffee? No. Jeez. No. A lot of Coke, but uh, <laughs> Coca-Cola. <laughs> That's crazy. But, yeah, and I mean, I, I love it. It's an addiction. Yeah. It's not work for you. Nope. And um, people love, I've already gotten so many messages, people saying, we've, it's been two days, we've never seen someone this active in their own Discord. And I'm doing a lot to show people that I genuinely care about this. Um, Because a lot of people are scared now because of how many scams are in the space. There's, there's three scams a day, at least. And it's a shame because it's taking liquidity out of people's pockets that could be spent on good projects. And these people are taking it and they're either, so we call it rugging. It's basically scamming, getting, the, getting the rug pulled. Okay. Um, it's, it's basically a full scam. So um, there are soft rugs. Soft rugs, it's kind of funny to say, but. It's like a shitty scammer. Yeah. They, <laughs> okay. uh, they basically. They'll launch the project, and they'll slowly over time do less and less work until the project just fizzles out and everyone forgets about it. And that they'll take about a month, they'll go quieter and quieter and quieter, and then they're gone. And and they just take their money and they run. They take the money and run. Okay. And then there's like hard rugs where it's like they sell out, they delete the Discord, they delete every social, and they're gone. So people that didn't give money, it just they don't nothing. They're oh, out. come on. Yeah. So there's, so there's an actual... 
Oh yeah, there's people, greasy people here. Yeah, okay. And there's a project had owners that were accused of being its seventh scam or something like that. It was the same owners making new Twitters, making new LinkedIn's, posting random pictures of random people on Twitter saying that it's them, basically doxing themselves. <laughs> but it wasn't them. And they just keep scamming. Because they're going under different aliases every single time and no one knows that it's them. Scammers are going hard in the paint right now. Not even NFTs, just ban- like I'll get a call almost every second day going your social security number has been breached at the <laughs> yep. U.S. border. Like scammers are like, remember, I remember on Christmas time, it was twice a day. Please contact uh, your local bank to donate uh, $700 because you went over your credit card fee. Like what? Yeah. Like scammers are going hard right now. Yeah. That's incredible. Like I guess with the internet space, there's so much uh, new area to scam that people are unaware of. I mm-hmm. guess if you are, are a scammer, you definitely want to take advantage of that opportunity. Oh my God. There's so is. many idiots out there. There's so many idiots and... They make life-changing money in the run of two weeks. The, uh, like... Scammers do. Scammers do. Uh, especially, like, NFT scammers and stuff like that, because they will... They'll pay a bunch of money to get promoters to blow up the project, and when the project blows up, more people come, actual buyers come, because they see the big numbers, like, oh my god, this is going to do so well. And then the scammers are sitting back, like, yes... It's working. They sell out the project. They make five million bucks in ten minutes. Gone. No. And it's like, who who polices this? You Absolutely no. Who's chasing them? FBI? Huh? Do they really care? You know nope. who? Have, who? Like, cha- that's incredible. Yeah. As of right now, it's kind of impressive. Is, it, 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 it sucks. Greasy. Yes. Yeah, kind of impressive. Like it's very greasy. I don't know how. I don't know how people do it because... How do you sleep at night? Exactly. That's what I was saying. Well, you I say like, NFT space. You don't sleep anyway. Yeah. So. <laughs> but still. That would always be on my conscience. I would always be thinking about that, how I scammed all these people. It's like, I literally would not be able to live with myself. Yeah. And I don't know how these people do. I chuck a banana out the window. I feel guilty. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like five million <laughs> Even though bucks. some animal's going to eat it. Yeah. <laughs> That's craziness. Yeah. Have you ever had any other passion in your life that has gone as uh, as hard as an NFT? It seems like you're really passionate about it, but is there anything else in your life that you've, you've cared equally? Um, esports is pretty up there as well, okay. competitive gaming. Okay. Um, on the management side, I've never pro-gamed in my life. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm sure Jeff has mentioned it, that we used to own an esports organization. Was it? You told me that? Yeah. Three, he just three and a half years ago, four years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and uh we shut that down. I started working for a couple different ones. I, I owned a esports agency where I was I was negotiating contracts for pro players and no stuff way. like that. So yeah, I've I've been in esports for probably four four or five years now. What do you have to say to the parents that have thirteen year olds in the basement playing video games and they say, Get off the video game, start doing schoolwork? What do you have to say to those parents? But the kid but they're good. If they are good at the game and they have a chance to make it and they want to put in the effort, let them. It is unbelievable the amount of make content creators make, gaming content creators, and what pro players make. I, All of my online best friends are all pro gamers. I was actually go, I was going to go to Virginia this week because that's where they all live because that's where the majority of the gaming servers are. Virginia? Is in Virginia. Good to know. Yeah. And uh, so I was going to go there hang out with them, but uh, big tournament on this weekend. So I was like, you know what? 
I'll get my project started. I will, uh, I'll get the discord going and we'll bop off. So, but yeah, it is unbelievable. The amount of money they make. Wow. Yeah. 13, 14 year olds making millions of dollars. It's kind of crazy to think about the world we're living in right now. Yep. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, I wanted to ask you about, I had a great question ready to go. Just blanked (laughs) on it. No, it wasn't about crypto. It was related to gaming. I'm pretty sure. It was uh, Hawaiian culture and all that stuff. Hawaiian culture? Well, it's true tiki. Like, I'm just saying. Can you find out where the people are that are, uh, I guess, following you through the Discord? Are a lot of them from Hawaii? Um, we have met a few people um, come out and say that. that we well, There's no way for us to find out where anyone's from without them telling yeah. us. Or if they have their location in their bio on Twitter or anything like that. Okay. Um. But yeah, we did have this um, this one Hawaiian, born and raised, um, DM us on Twitter and basically offer to help us and keep us from stepping on any toes in a cultural sense. Um, because I completely agree with him that we don't want to be known as people that are exploiting a culture for financial gain, which we have, which we're uh, which we're not. We would never. We never do that. That's not our intentions. Mm. We have, we're doing this all in good faith. Um, and to be released this week, we'll be talking to our community and releasing it to the public. It'll be on our website, everything like that. What we plan to do to help Native Hawaiian organizations. Oh, that's cool. And we have a numerous amount of substantial donations that will be going to different um, Native Hawaiian organizations. Um, one of them being the Council for Native Hawaiian Advancement. So they basically help Native Hawaiians with financing, with school, with anything that they need, housing, all that stuff. So wow, super excited to be making donations to them and helping out. And there were, there were a few other things that we were basically considering doing um, related to Hawaii that we kind of pulled back on because we might, we figured it might do more bad than good. Um, some of them being Hawaiian um, trips like vacations as prizes for holders. Oh, that'd be good. And we were thinking like we could send some people there, but we were like, that probably does more bad than good. How so? And just with sometimes tourism can go both ways. Whereas it can hurt the land by bringing emissions and more green, um, green related things. Uh, environment related things, um, bringing trash to the island, everything like yeah, that. Yeah, so yeah. we're super focused on basically doing the right thing here. Okay. And whatever we do, I'm sure we will get people to Hawaii somehow, but we'll make sure that we do it ethically, basically. Cool. I like and that. And doing some base, uh, we'll probably do some like volunteerism as well, hmm. um, where we can go and, um, you know, clean, do a beach cleanup. Oh, or okay, something yeah, like that. Yeah. There's a lot of volunteerism uh, organizations in Hawaii that basically offer you go and you you get signed up and you do all this stuff. You can there's a million things you can do. You can garbage cleanups. You can do beach cleanups. You can do sea cleanups. Yeah. You can do tree planting. Okay. There's a bunch of stuff you can do, and um, that is likely a path that we might consider. Um, because not only is it a fun vacation for some people, but they can also help. Yeah. So 
that's basically that's cool where we're going and that's how we're going to keep the support of hawaiians because like we don't want to come off as taking advantage of the taking culture. advantage yeah so so what do your days look like right now from the time you wake up from the time you go to bed well what are the things that you worry about when it comes to, to building the audience so right now so basically i'll tell you what i did yesterday so basically woke up first thing i did was go in the discord and get rid of like i said the bots and the inactives get them out of there make sure our numbers are accurate okay um we have a suggestions channel in the discord where people can leave any suggestion they want whether that's they want uh, someone yesterday asked for a hindi channel where they can speak hindi with their friends and it wouldn't affect the general chat where everyone talks <laughs> so they could have their own space to speak hindi i said absolutely i never would have thought of that yeah like people from around the world eh? we, ha- yeah. we have and we have jeff like 12 12 language channels that are full and so like right now as we speak there's people in that discord yeah. Speaking every language you can imagine. That's crazy to think about. Yeah. And so I, I added Dutch yesterday as well because someone requested a Dutch channel. Um, yeah, there's English, French, Spanish, Portuguese, Hawaiian. Um, so it's just making sure your audience is happy. It's pretty sure much the it audience, seems like your job. Yep. And basically making sure everyone knows who I am, knows that I'm working. I added um, in the channel there's a space where I can talk. Nowhere else, no one else can talk, but they can see what I'm saying as I'm typing it. What are you typing? Uh, my to-do list for the day. Oh. So yesterday I had about an eight-item to-do list, um, most of which related to the Discord. It was making new channels. It was making moderator applications. It was uh, doing a bunch of doing a bunch of things inside the Discord that needed to get done, and that was basically my entire day. <laughs> and I went through them and put little checks next to them so people can actively see what I'm working on all day long. And I've heard from a few people that they have literally never seen another founder do this is basically keep them 100% updated on what's happening in the project. Just putting in the work pretty much. It sounds like. Yeah. And I'm doing the same as every other founder would be is um, working hard to get the project going, but I'm communicating it as it's happening Mm -hmm. and I'm making sure everyone knows what I'm doing. I changed my nick. So my nickname in the discord is scruff. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's, it's an old gamer tag. That's what I've been going for for years. And, um, you can change your nicknames in the discord. So what people see you as. And, uh, so mine is usually just scruff, but when I'm at night, when I go to bed, I'll put in brackets sleeping (laughs) because (laughs) there's people in the discord that will go to bed, sleep all the sleep whenever, wake up, have breakfast, have lunch, go in the Discord, and I'm still there. So they're like, do you ever sleep? So right now, does it say doing podcast? Uh, I think it still says sleeping. I haven't (laughs) updated it yet. (laughs) They all know I'm here, though, so it's okay. But yeah, just uh, so people, because it might say that I'm online sometimes, even though that I'm not, and I don't want people to thinking, I don't want people to think that I'm just sitting around doing nothing. If if they're asking me questions in the Discord and I'm not answering, they're probably wondering, like, what the hell is he doing? So I put sleeping in my name. It's genius. It must be a nice feeling knowing that there's a lot of people wondering what you're doing, what, what yeah. you're working on, what, what yeah. your plans are. It must be a nice feeling knowing that you have backing of people around the world. Absolutely. Like that, that, you see how many eight languages? That, that's least. crazy. That, that, that must be a, a really, really, really satisfying feeling. Yep. And um, just especially so quickly as well. I think there's – I haven't checked the numbers this morning how many there is in there, but I think I went to bed last night. There was 2,600. Um, Can you check right now? I think there was 2,600 in the Discord last night. That's crazy. Oh, yeah, that um, 
that stats channel on the side won't update for some reason. I don't know why, but I have to manually do it. Right, there's the checklist. You got to work on that today. Yeah, I know. Um, how, how do you set a price for an NFT? Um, most projects will base it off the size of their community. Okay. Um, and it will go for supply as well. So the price and supply will most likely be based off how many people you have when you're ready to go. So you look at other people's NFTs in their communities and say, okay, we have a similar amount of people. Let's look at their price and look at our price and see if it aligns. Basically. Okay. And it also depends on what you're offering. So there's some there's some NFT collections that are strictly art. They don't they don't come with anything extra. You don't get to use it for anything. It's just really cool art. And that's fine with a lot of people. They don't mind buying the art because it ha art has value in real life, online, art has value, period. And there's other projects that have what we call utilities um, that you can use either online or in real life. And whether that's a discount at a restaurant for holding the NFT, that's, a real, that's an in real life utility. Mm. Um, and there's what you have to offer outside of that image that they're buying will determine whether yours is worth more than the next project with the same fan base. Interesting. So I can't say too much because it isn't out to the public yet, but it will be at the uh, towards the end of this week what we will be providing to people. Um, but it is related to real life, and they will receive physical things. No, that's cool. And so we we just... We've had a brand partnership locked in for months. Have you announced it yet? No. Okay. And, um, <laughs> yeah, so we locked in a brand partnership before anyone even knew who we were. That's cool. And that was, I was proud of myself for even doing that because we had nothing to work off of. We had no socials, well, no following on socials. So yeah. why the hell would they partner with us? So why do you think they did? Smart man. Okay. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Tell me off the mic. I like that. Yeah. Oh, that's sick. <laughs> Um, uh, is OpenSea the place to, is that, is that, is OpenSea the most popular place to put a brand new NFT? That's the only site I know of, um, in order to buy one, but w w what's your thought process on that space of actually having the general public purchase an NFT? Where do you think OpenSea is the place to be? Is there another place? Popularity wise? Yeah. Yes. OpenSea is number one. They've always been number one. And I think they will always be number one as laggy and as glitchy and as bad as that website is, yeah. it will all. I think it will always be number one. And it's down half the time, and that's why people hate it. It is down. It's always down. It's ridiculous. And when you're trying to do something in a rush, it is fear is infuriating yeah. because you want to get something done quick, and the website won't load. Yeah. So um, and I'm worried. I remember when I was worried about my money in there. Yeah. Because it it's linked to my Meta card where my Ether was. Mm. And I was like, I can't. Why? It was like an hour. Just I kept refreshing, couldn't see it. <laughs> yep. Like, Did they take my uh, money? I swear to God, it goes down like twice a day. But um, it, I I really like the user interface. I like how it all looks. I like how it's very easy to navigate. You can find things quickly. You can buy things easily. Everything's easy to use. They say it's, it's just, like the eBay of NFT. That's yeah, what people are saying. Yeah, basically, it's just the servers don't hmm. like it. What do you like? That's what I use. Oh, is well. it? Okay. Yeah. It's basically what everyone uses, even though they hate it. It's like, 
Is 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 there another website that's uh, an up and coming could be close competitor to OpenSea? Yes, looks rare. Looks it, rare. Okay. Yeah, that's what it's called. It came out I want to say about a month ago, hmm. and people the volume traded on there is significantly lower than OpenSea just because people are kind of popularity of it. It's kind of hard to move people over. It's like basically trying to get people out of an Apple phone. Oh, it's, it's tough. So that's how that's how high. OpenSea is, and that's basically how what long, they run at. How long has OpenSea been around for? Like the uh, when you say an Apple phone, it's been around since forever. Like I feel OpenSea's only been around for a couple years, no? Yeah, that's all. But they've gained the much. people's trust. Yeah, that quick, that soon. Yeah. It is a very easy interface to use. It is just click buy, transfer. It's very yeah. easy. But you're right, it is very laggy. Yeah. So is that where you're gonna put True Tiki? So they will be on both. Both. Um, because these are basically just marketplaces that have access to anything okay so we don't need to it's not exclusive to one or the other unless your project has an exclusive deal with them which not many do um that you can um you can put it on both no issue and with looks rare something good about them is that when you list something for sale when you buy something when you sell something any type anytime you do anything on that website you earn a currency called looks and it's basically like a token that is native to that website um, you can stake the token and earn an APY um, what's an APY oh, god I'm gonna sound like an idiot now finance degree and everything <laughs> it's your return okay return percentage I okay. forget what APY actually stands for but it's your return okay percentage yearly or something I don't know. annual per yeah it's all good. Something like that. <laughs> Ever seen the movie The Big Short? Yeah. I'm just, I, uh, that's the movie I'll probably watch till the day I die and still not understand the terms. Like, I'm still yeah. studying that movie. Yeah. So don't worry about it. But yeah, and then, so basically, the fees, OpenSea charges the fees, which people don't like because oh, it's, it's losing money and looks rare. Gives You basically get paid to trade on their website. Say that again? So you you earn this native currency called looks. Oh, sorry, you're talking about looks. Sorry, I thought you were talking yeah, about yeah, OpenSea. Yeah. I was like, I didn't get any money from buying No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, so op OpenSea takes, I think it's 2.5% uh, off every right. sale. And then LooksRare gives you tokens. So it's basically the complete opposite. I'm not too well-versed in in the whole LooksRare website and how everything works. I don't hold any Looks tokens myself. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't sold anything or anything mm -hmm. on there. But... Um, Definitely a high possibility that they take over just with time. It'll take a lot of time. Like years? Probably, yeah. Because people are so, as much as they hate it, they are OpenSea's number one fan. Okay. So, yeah. Um, hypothetically, do you know the price point of what a true Tiki is going to cost? Because I'm really, inv like, I'm invested emotionally right now. I just want to know how much <laughs> it's going to actually... Um, we haven't released price yet or supply, but it will be less than 0.1. That's all I'll say for now. Less so than 0.1. Okay. 0.1 Ethereum, which okay. right now is like 350 Canadian. That'd be the max. Absolute max. Cool. We know it'll be under that. Mm. We're just um, not 100% sure. No project really. There's a very select few projects that have any right to charge over that. Like start startup, yeah. So even the eight, what are the, what's the eight one called, Sarah? Like the board API. So even when they started, they they started at 
nothing. It was like 0.08 or something I no think way. they launched at. So what and made them so popular? I think every, everyone still wonders how the hell they got to where they are. And because there's one thing for a project to just like naturally grow over time, but this, it became a $5 billion company in nine months. Nobody does that. Do you know who's behind it? Is it like the guy? They recently, I forget their names. I only know one of them. His name's Gordon, Gordon Goner on Twitter. Uh, I forget the other. Gordon Goner. I, there's, I think there's four, four main founders, I, I believe. And um, no one knew who they were until like three weeks ago. So they went nine months making generational wealth for thousands of people, and no one knew their names. And BuzzFeed, actually, some guy at BuzzFeed was like, you know what, I want to be hated today. And he went out and just did a bunch of investigations, found out every single one of them, posted their names, posted their pictures online, and BuzzFeed took so much heat for that because they had no right to be doxxed. They didn't need to be. They were making people a bunch of money doing it ethically <clears throat> exactly there was no reason for their faces or names to come out to public when they're doing so much good it's one thing if you want to expose some scammers mm. it, put their names and faces out there mm -hmm. that's totally fine but these guys had no they didn't need to be released they didn't want to be released for whatever reason maybe they just wanted to keep their personal lives completely separate and i totally respect that these guys have more money than anybody knows what to do with and they're walking around every day just like us. Think about how much of a distraction that is. You're just the guy, but then now people find out you have $5 billion in the bank. You got cousins of cousins who are coming out. You got your buddy that you knew in elementary school coming out saying, how are how what's going Everyone on? Everyone coming out the woodwork. And think about how money. much of a distraction that is yeah. away from your company. Yeah. You have to deal with these people just asking you for money because that could, that could really screw you over. You know, your dad, you know, maybe you don't even know your dad, but he comes out of the woodworks. Hey, son. Exactly. Like there's a heard, lot heard of doing well. You heard you're doing well. <laughs> but there's a lot of distraction that could come with that when people find out you start to make money. That's kind of a dick move by that guy from BuzzFeed. Oh yeah. Big he, dick. They move. took a lot of heat. Everyone on NFT Twitter was basically saying you had no right to do this. Like this is yeah. not acceptable, all this stuff and but it's weird how times have changed because all those months ago, no one cared who the founders were. You went by an online alias, you were making money, you were happy. Yeah. But now there are so many scams that this is perfect for me. This is a win. This is a win-win. You get an episode, I get to show people who I am, my face, that I'm a genuine person, all this stuff, and that, uh, that I have plans and I have dreams for this project and all this stuff, and I can show you in real life who I am. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about me hiding behind a screen under a different name able to take your money and run yeah. i can't now mm -hmm. not that i was ever going to but i can't <laughs> yeah, he's right here in nova scotia folks yeah but no that's sick that's uh i oddly enough i just think about like my grandparents during this time just trying to explain what the hell is going on in our generation i, I, I just I, I there's people that slaved their whole life working in a coal mine in cape breton yep. and we get to sit here comfortably in a basement and talk about our future plans on this thing called trading, the internet trading pictures trading pictures <laughs> you know it's it, it's like maybe you could explain pokemon to them back in the day but now it's pokemon on the computer yeah you're training you're trading actual digital art it's, it's kind of crazy to think about and 
it's a, it's a, it's a fortunate. A lot of people complain about the life we live right now. Ah, it's COVID. Ah, it's politics. Ah, but at the end of the day, boys, we live a pretty pretty good life where we get to sit down and have a passion on the internet and communicate with people. How many yeah. how many languages? Eight languages. At least you know yeah. you got eight countries on around the world wondering what you're doing right now. That's a, that's an incredible feeling. So um, I want to congratulate you on everything. I know you got me Thank invested you. emotionally. I don't know yeah. if I'll invest <laughs> financially. We'll, we'll see when this thing comes out. But uh, but no, like I said, thank you very much uh, for coming on. Thank you very Appreciate much for having it. me. Um, a little bit of advice. You got it. Last minute of the podcast is yours. If you want to talk to anyone, your your followers, anything, you, the, the floor is yours to say whatever the hell you want to say. Jeez. Pressure's on. I think the biggest thing that I would tell people is that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think the biggest thing that I would tell people is that you can do it. Um, it sounds cliche to say, but I basically manifested this for the past six to seven months and kept telling myself that I was going to do this through as, as tough as it got, as easy as it got. I was just going to continue and continue and continue to make this work. And now it's all coming to fruition and it's happening. So if you have something that you want to do, go and do it, especially while you're young. Awesome. Mr. Quigley, I appreciate you for coming on the, the show. I really do. Absolutely. I learned a lot. I hope our listeners learned a lot. Um, and I'm excited to do a little bit more research now that I understand the space a little bit more. For sure. Awesome. All right, everyone listening, thank you very much uh, for joining the show today. Wednesday hump day. Work hard. Have fun. Uh, summer's around the corner, spring, whatever. We're going to be able to golf soon. Make sure to buy NFTs, invest, but at the same time, be smart. Do your research. Stay up late. Do the right things before making a purchase. True Tiki, that's the future. We are out. Peace.